27th, 2019, and this is Super the Hardest. And like two monkeys sniffing their fingers, we are your hosts, John, Dave, hello, and that's it. Ah, uh, boy, we spent a long time just now getting a really shitty audio setup. Um, it really shouldn't be that hard to hook up two microphones to a computer, but... Someday. Goddamn. We'll figure it out. Someday. We'll be, um, we'll be real boys. So in the meantime, you're going to have to deal with this really live, live, live uh, microphone. Hot mic. Hot mics. Um, but we have uh, something interesting today. We're going to be talking to Dan Lucen from Midwest Gaming Classic. He is the uh, he's the he's one of the main men. He and Gary um, run Midwest Gaming Classic in... Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is happening this year, uh, April 12th to the 14th. And Dave, we're going to be there. Yep. You and me. Uh, it's going to be gold. Uh, we're going to run a uh, on Saturday evening, I think around, I think it's either 6 or 7, we're going to run a trivia contest, a Jeopardy-style trivia contest. I'm excited about that. That'll be fun. Um, and uh, so uh, I'm working on it now. Um Hopefully, well, I got to get it done in time, right? Um, but uh, um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it now. It's been a busy month, man. Like, I've been running my ass around doing other things. Um, but uh, now my main focus is this. Um, and uh, so I'm going to host it. I'm going to be the Bob Barker of the thing, or the Alex Trebek, as it were. And you... Uh, are going to be kind of like not our Vanna White, but you're going to be doing the crowd work, <laughs> and I'm super excited for that because I think you're going to be really good uh, at it. Um, you're going to be the one snap into youth pastor mode. <laughs> That's right. So I'm going to be the one who's like you know, uh, and you know this company released Mario Brothers in 1983. Yeah. And then you're going to say, all right, Dougie. <laughs> What's your answer? You know, or you can pass. No, because I've got to go over the rules. You'll be able to pass and whatnot. Okay. All right. But anyway, um, uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, Five Spot Joel from our forums is uh, apparently he runs the stage. Oh, really? Midwest Gaming Classic. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, so he's going to be there to help us out. And I believe we've got a guy who, shit, I got to respond to. He sent me a tweet, uh, like a like a, like a a message saying we need to coordinate the music, and I'm like, dude, I don't know. It's just, I just need schmaltzy 70s game show music. You know, I don't need um, anything yeah. anything too much more than that. But So that'll be fun. We're going to also have a little table, uh, apparently, in the, in the music room or, like, in that area where the stage is. I don't know what we're going to do with it. Um, we just got a new logo made. <laughs> and uh, and my friend Kevin, I believe, yes. is um, Did making a table standee for oh, us. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh! So, uh, of that logo? Uh huh. Oh, fantastic! Do you like it? Yeah, I did. That um, I thought it was going to be a little bit more uh, gay. Gay. <laughs> I didn't know how else to say that. I thought it was yeah. a little more gay. I told her to make it as gay to, as to possible. Not, to not she? be afraid of making it a little bit homoerotic. See, and I was fine with that. Mm hmm. Um. And um, and me, front, yeah, front and center, front and center <laughs> right where you belong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so her name is Emily Toyson, and uh, Kevin hooked me up with her um, when I asked him if he knew anybody that could uh, do a nice logo for us. 
because that was like the original idea when um, we started Super the Hardest is we wanted some we wanted like a bodybuilder just like flexing so much that it hurt. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then when I was thinking about Midwest Gaming Classic, I was thinking, man, we should we should really. Uh, oh, Dan just texted. He's ready whenever we are. Oh, that's um, good. So, uh, anyway, um, so I, I texted her all the ideas. I sent her a picture of like screenshots of Cho and Iki and um, Muscle March for the Wii, for WiiWare. Do you remember that game? No. It was like you had to make, it was, it was a download only thing. And you had Muscle March? Muscle March, I yeah. I Google this. And what you had to do is you were a bodybuilder and it was like an auto runner almost, but you had to flex in order to get through like uh, holes cutouts in the wall and you had to flex like one arm up one arm down both arms up both arms down that kind of thing um <laughs> so i sent her ridiculous i sent her pictures of that oh my and gosh. uh and then i sent her pictures of the three of us and so that's what she came up with i like it wow um, but anyway um so we're going to be at midwest gaming classic uh like i said april 12th to the 14th so come by and say hi uh all your favorite super the hardest regulars are going to be there like pickle friction and lag uh sadly tex can't make it this year um but uh gruel will be there um and uh it's it's going to be a good time we'll be missing mc wilson unfortunately but late breaking news dj incompetent might be showing up oh really so that would be nice yeah and we're gonna have quite the crew Right on. So we'll talk about other stuff later, but right now it sounds like Dan Lucen. Dan Lucen's on the line, so let's uh, let's go over to Dan. Dan. Hey. Can you, um, hear, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Great. Can you hear Dave? Hello. Oh, oh God, Dave's here too. <laughs> I'm here. He wrangled me into this one. Cool. I'm glad that there's a special guest with you, John. <laughs> That's wow. right. Someone listens to Can the I, show. May I, may I co-host? Yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome to Super <laughs> the Artist with your host, John, Dan, and special guest, Dave. I'm out of here. <laughs> hmm. All right, man. Hmm. So should we just jump right into this? Uh, sure. Whatever you want. Um, I, gotta, I, I want to start by telling you how excited I am to go to finally uh I feel like the prodigal son is returning to um is returning home nothing to say he's got nothing to say to that <laughs> am I so well am I supposed to say something here yeah, are, are yeah. we first okay I get am, are we recording right now yeah cool great 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 I'm glad that I understood that now um <laughs> uh actually for real you guys were the first major show sponsor that we ever had. So uh, Gary and I both kind of feel like that's absolutely the case. It's kind of weird. It's like, uh, oh, we've come full circle. We got John to come back. <laughs> yeah, I wish uh, I wish Mo could make it. Um, I know, that's uh, a bummer. Uh, it, it's, he, he's got a very um, special uh, occasion that weekend, and he felt like if he missed it, um, there might be trouble. Yeah. I, yeah, I have yeah. To, I have to speak in code due to Mo's, uh, you know, just Mo's secret agent-like behavior or personality, I should say. Um, yeah, yeah, I understand but, that completely. Yeah, um, but anyway, uh, he was all for it until he found out the date, and then he was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" 
Uh, <laughs> this could ruin my life. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. I understand. Yeah. So when the last time I was at Midwest Gaming Classic, it was at the Olympia. Um, the last time Mo and Hilden were there was the following year. Um, my son was born um, that year, so I couldn't come. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. they were at, I think, maybe your first year. Uh, what's what, what what suburb was that in? Um, Brookfield. Brookfield. Brookfield Sheraton. Yeah, um, that and that was the last time they were there. So how many years ago was that? Was that like seven years ago, eight years ago? You know what's crazy about this? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I assume the first year at the Sheraton was seven or eight years ago. That sounds about accurate. Yeah. So. Well, wait, you said it was when your kid was born. How old's your kid? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna my, say. My, kid, <laughs> my kid's going to be nine. So, yeah, it was eight years ago. All right, um, there you go. You you always were smarter than me. Um, so, <laughs> actually, wait, it would have been nine years ago because if your kid was just about to be born, nine years ago. You're, once again, you're smarter than me. I can't even do math. <laughs> that's a long time, man. Yeah, trust me, I... Okay, so when we started doing the show, if you would have told me that I would still be doing the show 18 years later, I would have laughed at you, and uh, that would have been the end of that. Well, but that's, um, that's because you didn't. Here think, we are. That's that's because you didn't think uh, anybody would be interested in Jagfest 18 years later. Uh, that's why I didn't think that anybody was going to be interested in Jagfest 18 years ago, <laughs> which is why we retitled it Atari Jaguar Festival on all the flyers in town to try to get people to come to it, and. <laughs> Um, we, we, we succeeded actually on both fronts. Like, uh, I will slightly, I guess, pat, pat myself on the back here for that show. The people that were from further away, we had the largest actually traveling contingent of Jaguar fans that year. And we also so, drew from the surrounding area and that show drew about a hundred people. Well, no, wow. we had three people from Japan for that show, believe it or not. Wow. Like, awesome. I know Did they sell the it was, it was, uh, for like three minutes. To those, yeah. to those three um, people. Yeah, I actually have a um, Jaguar uh, Japanese like box and console and stuff in my collection because I still have a big Jaguar collection. It's it's one of the few things I've held on to um, in, in its entirety. Um, <laughs> I have more than I care to admit in the way of games yet, but uh, that's like the th- that's kind of my prized collection, if you will. And yeah, anyway, that first year was so much fun. We were like, oh, let's do this again, and then. Um, we said because the Jaguar Festival show or Jagfest used to travel every year, and so we said, "Well, let's do something, and we'll rename it, and it'll be cool." What do we call it? And we held a contest, and a guy named Ben Heck suggested Midwest Classic, and we said, "That sounds great." And um, so we became the Midwest Classic, which no one knew what in the world that was because it had nothing to do with gaming, and it happened to be the same name as a basketball tournament in town. Oh, no. So, yeah. <laughs> So a few years later, we changed it to Midwest Gaming Classic, and um, in 2004, we uh, we held our first show at the Brookfield Sheraton, and it was an unmitigated disaster that resulted in us losing a boatload of money, and uh, we had really tried getting in people, and so we had a bunch of the people that came to the show that were like, okay, guys, I own every single Nintendo game that was ever made, except for two. And neither of those two games were at the show, so the show was a total disaster. And I would tell everybody to never go back there again. Yeah. And um, so, 
Gary and I at that point basically said, screw it, we're done. This is stupid. And um, we both, you know, <laughs> that was the second year in a row that we had lost money, actually. And so we walked away from it and we said, we're done. And then in 2005, a whole bunch of people started coming to us and saying, like, what happened to the show? I, it used to be like my favorite thing. Are you going to bring it back? And Gary and I, because we also run the Goat Store, where you can buy games at GoatStore.com, um, <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, we, we run that. And so at the time, that was like our hobby that actually kind of returned a little bit of a profit and had paid for the losses of the show. And so we knew that these people were also customers of Goat Store. And we were like, well, if we just tell them that you're wrong, the show sucked, that <laughs> that won't go over well. Yeah. So Gary and I thought, well, let's come up with a list of crazy things that they'll never do. And mm-hmm. so we said, all right, we need twice as much space for half the cost. We were like, yeah, they'll never find that. And then we were like, all right, we need someone that's going to be at tickets all weekend. And we were like, if you love the show, that's the last place you're going to go. This is perfect. And we came up with like five different things that we were like, these are impossible to do. And we sent it back to the like 15 people that had contacted us. And we sent it as a group email. And we said, you know, here's what we would need help doing. And if we can find people to do all of this, we would, we would consider bringing the show back. And um, literally, we didn't hear anything for like two or three weeks. And what had happened is that one of the guys – from that actually immediately took it, took my name and Gary's name off of it and said, all right, guys, let's figure this out. Let's break this up into groups and let's figure out what we can do. I want to bring the show back. About three weeks later, I got a call that said, Hey, we found four times the space for half the cost. (laughs) What? Um, We had a girl who responded to me and she said, Hey, um, my boyfriend and I will run ticketing for you all weekend. No problem. You will. And after like everybody came back with this, we said, crap i guess we're gonna do this again and so we made the rule that as long as we don't lose money on it we will keep doing it and then we set a record for like 15 years not 15 years for like 10 years in a row we never lost money but we never made more than 200 dollars. and um it was yeah it was crazy so like the years that you guys sponsored were literally the difference between us going out of business and staying in business so in some ways yeah in some ways uh team fremont drunken gamers super the hardest radio um, is the reason that the show absolutely exists, which is crazy. But um, we brought it back and then it's just been kind of growing ever since then. What's the, the thing that is that just the most fascinating to me about that is that everybody who had emailed us in 2005 still works with the show. Um, John, you're actually talking with uh, JD Norman who runs the museum. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 Josh. Okay, you're talking with Josh, who talks to J.D. Norman, who runs the museum. You'll meet J.D. at the show. J.D.'s the one that found us the space. Yeah, so J.D., he was was the one, um, he helped us out with the game show the first couple years we did it. Yes, yep, he's the one that found us the space at the Olympia. Um, The the girl who ran tickets for us is now married to the boy who ran tickets with her. Um, I don't know why I'm calling them girls and boys, because they're (laughs) almost, I think they're the same age as me, so I guess I'm a boy too, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. And um, she now runs pinball tournaments. Yeah, Yeah. she runs pinball tournaments. He sets up for the museum. Like uh, the guy who did uh, like media contacts for us and like promoted the show and put out flyers and made flyers. He is coming to the show and doing a presentation this year. And like every single person did it. And to me, that's what's kind of magical about this whole thing is that it's really like this massive team effort. And Whenever I talk about it, I always get like a little weird about it because there's a line from the Muppets, uh, Dave, you'll appreciate this, yes, that uh, Kermit says, yep, are you ready? There's a line that Kermit says in one of the movies, and I forget which one, where he says something like, you know, we started out in 
when we started out, it was just a bunch of people that had a dream together. And that dream kind of makes us like a family. And that's always how I feel about the show is that like, I feel like I really know so many more people because we had this crazy dream of like, Hey, we want to throw a big gaming party and like do it in a way that's responsible and fun is for all ages and is cool. And all these other people showed up and said, Hey, we share that dream. Let's make this happen. And um, I mean, it's, it's nice to talk about this after a week of days that I've been up until 2 a.m. or later and waking up at 7 a.m. because it reminds me of why I do the show. <laughs> so I uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, you know, I haven't been there so what, nine years, you tell me. Um, yeah, sounds about right. So what's, what's changed in nine years? I mean, I, I, know, eh, not, I know a few not of the, that much. I know a few of the answers to this, but <laughs> for our listeners, what's changed since you know since the Olympia? Well, we no longer have had uh, Super the Hardest Drunken Gamers Radio Team Free My Live as a sponsor. That's probably the main change. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's the thing. When people walk into the room, there's no longer a giant ten foot tall robot that's like standing with a foot up on the table. So. <laughs> yeah. That's something that we've been really trying to rectify, and it's just it's hard. Um, but no, I guess in other ways it's changed just in, incredibly. So I guess the biggest thing is that when you were last with us, we would have only been doing electronic gaming, so pinball, arcade games, um, and home consoles and computers were kind of our four things. We've added on tabletop gaming, and we have a huge tabletop gaming area now. Um, and we've also... Um, just in the way of space. So the show that you would have last gone to was held in approximately 45,000 square feet of space. The game room alone that we will have just the pinball machines, arcade games, and home consoles set up in is more than is more than 60,000 square feet. Wow, that's crazy. So the the vendor hall that we have when we were at the Sheraton our last years there, we were attaching an 18,000 square foot tent to the building because we had just completely blown out the walls of it and. At the time, we couldn't find another place to work with, and the vendor hall is big enough to fit two of the 18,000-foot tents in it, staked down with room to walk around them, and there's still extra room in there. So, like, the show floor itself is over 150,000 square feet, and wow. um, it's it's kind of incredible about just how much comes in and how many different things we get from it all. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, uh, what what sort of things can uh, can people expect to see? I know uh, Jeremy Parrish and the Retronauts folks are going to be there, right? Yes, they will be. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to because, uh, as uh, as is, as has been well told, I've got a huge man crush on Jeremy Parrish. So uh, <laughs> things could get sloppy. <laughs> nice. Yeah they they started hanging out with the show. Hanging out's not the right word. They started attending the show probably four or five years ago, um, shortly after they took Retronauts and made it into kind of their gig. Yeah. And so as part of that, they had said, like, we're going to try to get to some regional shows. And they reached out to me and we said, yeah, let's do it. And so they came in and um, they've been doing stuff at our show and it's been kind of growing. And I mean, along with that, we do different panels and stuff like that. We've got a whole bunch of special guests. Um, the pinball industry in particular has really embraced us. There's going to be around 75 um, designers, programmers, artists, and stuff like that in the pinball industry itself that come to the show to uh, hang out and meet people and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. um, I'm a big pinball guy. Yeah, we're actually 
we're actually having the worldwide debut um, of Black Knight's Swords of Rage. Oh, wow. I always forget the last word, um, which was just announced by Stern Pinball yesterday. So there's going to be a number of those on the floor. Last year, we had the world premiere of Iron Maiden from Stern Pinball. We had 30 of them on the floor. Wow. Um, we're, we have uh, commitments to attend from all four or five, forgetting my numbers here, major pinball manufacturers. Um, there's some major arcade manufacturers that are coming now. Um, there's homebrew arcade games. There's, I mean, it's it's hard to, do, to even explain a lot of how big just that side of it is. And then, like, the museum. The museum, when you would have last been at the show, the museum was approximately 2,000 square feet. Yeah. This year it will be approximately twelve to 15,000 square feet. Jeez, wow. And so that's all playable consoles. And what's so cool about it, again, is that it's all people that come and set them up and choose, like, hey, this is the stuff that we should do to show off and share my collection with people. This is not like a giant corporate-driven show. Um, we've now started to have stuff where some of the companies come and they work with us, but um, Gary and I are still very fiercely loyal to the people that brought us to the dance, so to speak, and we're, we won't give up on like the museum and the um, people that bring their own arcade games and the people that bring... Um, we have like 10 rooms of special displays, and like most of them are, again... Actually, all of them are not corporations. They're like groups or small independent businesses that do this and just want to share with everybody. And so it's really cool like that. Right on, man. Um, talk about the tabletop gaming a little bit. Um, uh, the, table, the tabletop stuff. Um, do you guys just have like yeah. open tables set up for people to come and play? Or do you have, do you have like uh, tabletop manufacturers coming and showing off games? Like what's, what's it all about? Yeah, so... Um, we have approximately probably a hundred different tables that are available to come and play on. But we also like to give people the games that they can play. So we have a group called Milcog that comes out. Milcog brings approximately 10,000 different board games that you can borrow from them for free (laughs) to play at the game. Yeah. Yeah, Just about 10,000. It's, it's pretty ridiculous actually how many they bring in. It's pretty amazing. Um, And then we have another group that's called uh, Gnome Games. I always, want to say game gnome but it's gnome games and they're out of the green bay area and they are just spectacular and so they uh run a bunch of tournaments and stuff like that so like if you're big into settlers of Catan in particular we're doing a regional qualifier at the show where the person that gets through it gets to go to the finals at the uh origins game festival and um this year too we've even got some D stuff going on so um harold johnson who was one of the people that actually copy edited the original dungeon master's guide and worked with some of the rules for that um he also made some early tournament modules for D and then worked at um tsr games for like ages and ages and actually brought gen con to milwaukee originally um he's he wrote a sequel to one of his modules and so we've got 10 tables where we're going to have uh dungeon masters i'm sorry dungeon masters not Whatever DM stands for, which is not Dungeon Masters, I don't think. Um, I was told this recently that there's like a debate over what it stands for. Oh, Anywho, yeah, I was um, yeah, so did I. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm no D and D. But you don't. I feel. I think it's Dragon Master actually, because what I was told is you don't master a dungeon because a dungeon is a physical thing. You master a dragon because a dragon can be mastered. Holy cow! So, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, 
I'm cool with it either way because it's, it sounds awesome to me, but they've got 10 tables that are set up. And so Harold's actually going to be there and they're debuting for the first time at our show, a brand new D and D module that he wrote. That's actually a sequel to the first module that he came out with. That was super popular in 1979. And so, um, I'm, I, I haven't been able to like sit down and find a game of D and D in ages. And I'm like super excited about this and want to buy it. And, actually like play with friends afterwards when I have time. Cause I don't think I'll have time during the show, but yeah, it's, there's so many different things going on. It's just, it's kind of crazy. And that's literally just board games, yeah. which is, so how many, you know, like crazy. How many people end up coming to the show? Well, that's hard to say, <laughs> excuse me. Um, the reason that that's hard to say is because last year we had the, epicest uh april snowstorm during our show and so yeah the show has probably never been as close to uh going out of business completely as it was last year because it's actually the show is now my full-time job too um which happened last year yeah uh, i don't know you can celebrate the pain but (laughs) um the basically what happened is that the show when we moved it to the Wisconsin Center which is the largest uh indoor venue in the state of Wisconsin when we moved to the show there we had the i i had purposely taken a year off of uh work i had been teaching at that point and i took a year off and uh we have a really old house so i was going to fix up the house and then i was going to do the mgc and then i was going to do dadding like better and have more time for it and i ended up doing mgc 100% of the time wow. and um dadding a little bit better but not as good as i wish that i had because the the wisconsin center had just become so massive of a thing and we had to fill in so many more more things and it also brought so much new stuff to the table like that stern release that we couldn't have fit in 30 games at the um at the previous place and so when we, we actually when we left the sheraton just to explain how big the show grew so quickly when we left the sheraton we were using 65,000 square feet of space which included all of the rooms that we were using, the tent that was attached to the building, and then also included every hallway and space like that because we used to cram tables wherever we could. But there were some hallways that were pretty big that we couldn't really do anything with, and yet we still counted that in that 65,000 number. When we moved last year, we used 130,000 square feet. And we at first were like, oh, man, you know, are we going to fill it? And we filled it so much that we had trouble figuring out where we'd put stuff by the end of it. Wow. And... um this this year we opted for an additional 31,000 square feet, so we're up to around 160,000 square feet. And um, I'm again moving around stuff by the foot because I'm out of space, which is just incredible. Um, and so anyway, to get back to the question of what is attendance like, last year with that snowstorm we drew slightly more than 12,000 people. Wow. Um, the Saturday attendance last year was around 9,000. The Sunday was only around 3,000. So usually before that point, um, Sunday is our family day, and so we do special special activities for, like, kids and stuff like that. And usually the two days are almost exactly the same in the way of attendance. Yeah. And so theoretically, and it's really hard to say, but theoretically we would have done significantly more had Sunday not been what it was. And so this year we are hoping to do more than 12,000. And I feel like we could either do, you know, like 13,000 or we could do like 18,000. And so um, that's insane. And we'll, we'll do our best to entertain everybody. All right. So, so, um, 
Speaking of entertaining people, uh, now we all know that the highlight of the weekend is going to be the uh, game show spo- uh, brought to you by Super the Hardest. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. What, uh, this is true. What, uh, what other types of gaming competitions uh, can we look forward to? I remember you guys used to do a, a shmup competition. Um, yep. yep. Anything like that going on this year? Do you have like uh, Smash Brothers or Street Fighter or anything like that? Nope. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have a huge pinball tournament now um, that last year we had over 100, about 120 people play in it. Um to determine who's the best at the show, we had uh, we have about I don't know ten to fifteen different video game tournaments and a bunch of board game tournaments. If you go to our website and you actually look under compete, you can see them all. Um, the one that is perhaps the most exciting and is brand new is we are working with a group called um, well the Catan one I guess would be my first one that's brand new and exciting, and then the other one that's uh, brand new and exciting is we're working with a group called SNK Neo Geo World Tour. And so they come and they do fighting games. And so they're going to be hosting King of Fighters 98 and King of Fighters 14. And um, the winner of those competitions is going to get a trip to the finals, which the trip to the finals is last year was in Hong Kong. And they're not positive exactly where it's going to be, or at least they weren't the last time that I asked. But um, they expect that it will be, you'll get a plane flight to an Asian country um, where the finals will be held, and you get a bunch of spending money and some other stuff for that. So it's pretty exciting. That's badass. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, so uh, I, I've been made aware that DJ Incompetent may be returning to Midwest Gaming Classic this year. Oh, my. And uh, if, that's the, if that's the case, just make sure there aren't any games where he can win simply by putting his flask down on the shoot button. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Yes. Well, we so we we have gotten better at doing that. The other thing that we've done actually that is interesting is that all of our tournaments, with the exception of some of the board game ones and tabletop ones, where you need supplies for them. So, like if you're doing a magic draft, we can't just give you the cards because yeah. you actually get to keep them at the end. But other than that, all of our tournaments are now free too. So you come, you buy. We, we call it our one ticket all access thing, or at least that's what the tagline is and so the idea is that you buy your ticket with us and then after you've bought that ticket uh, admittedly our ticket prices are not like the cheapest thing in the world but after you buy that ticket all of the arcade games are free all of the home consoles are free all the tabletop games are free all the tournaments are free meeting like if you go and you meet one of our industry professionals that's going to be there and you want to get their autograph that's free that's included with your ticket so we are purposely trying to get away from the comic-con thing that's like uh, oh well you know, you came in and it's vendors, and then, oh, I really want to meet William Shatner. I need to pay $75 to do so. We don't like that idea. And so once you come in, you can spend easily the entire day doing a ton of things and never be asked for money again. Right on, man. That's that's pretty great. Um, so I don't have to, like, you know, pay $20 to get a picture with, uh, I don't know, Gary Stern. Gary Stern. There you go. <laughs> you don't have to pay twenty dollars to get a picture with Gary Stern. You don't have to get pay twenty dollars to get a picture with Ernie Hudson. You don't have to pay twenty dollars to get a picture with Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase's um, gonna Ernie, be there. Ernie Hudson's gonna be there. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. What? Yes, they are. Oh man, that's awesome. Eric Bischoff, um, every pinball designer, new, old, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about that again. Yeah, yeah it's it's crazy. 
That's great. Um, so now I will say, and let me let me throw this in here for a couple of things because I do want to make sure that I set expectations properly. One thing that we don't do is that there's a lot of people that don't they they like coming to the show and hanging out, but they don't necessarily like sitting at a table hoping that someone's going to come up for an autograph. So for the most part, we don't do that with them. Like there's a lot of people that will come, they'll get a VIP badge, and so we have these big old VIP badges. And if you see one of those you can walk up to that person and say hello, introduce yourself and stuff like that. But they're not necessarily all going to have like a signing time or whatever, because if it's like a new guy that just got hired at Stern pinball or Jersey Jack pinball or whatever, that new guy that's sitting at the table may be like, you know, Hey, you know, nobody knows what I do or anything like that. Nobody cares yet. And I'm not going to force them to do that. The other thing that our goal here is, is to show people that look, these people are people. Like one of the things that I hate about like the Comic-Con style thing is when I was a kid, um, my dad used to take me to card shows and there was often times Milwaukee Brewers at card shows, which is the local baseball team for those of you that don't know sports. <laughs> um, and so we, I would go and like, you'd go and the brewer would be sitting in like a second grade classroom in a tiny chair and you'd come and you'd you'd like give them baseball and they'd sign the baseball and they'd say, Hey kid, take a picture with you. They'd rub my head and like, I'd leave the room and be like, Oh my God, I just met someone. And like, these were legitimate baseball players. Like I remember, I'm, I remember meeting Robin Yount that way. Who's like one of the only hall of fame Milwaukee Brewers that there are. And there was no cost. There was no like huge intro. It was like, Hey, Robin Yount is a person. It turns out he's a person with a cool job, but he's still a person. And, like, at the Comic-Cons, I feel like it's stupid to walk up to people and be like, oh, hey, I can only interact with this person if I hand them $20. Yeah, like, yeah. to me, that that's what you do with a prostitute. And um, <laughs> I've never done that, and I would feel really weird doing that. And so not really my gig. Well, and so it, it's something that we did to say we don't want to do that. We want to make it like this. But then we also limit how long they have. So, like, Ted DiBiase will be signing, but – if it goes beyond a certain number of people in line, we're going to say, you know, sorry, we're, we're not planning on doing this anymore. Unless if he wants to stay there and do that, because we want him to go out and enjoy the rest of the show. Um, so also to set expectations and speaking of prostituting oneself, uh, Dave will be charging $5 for autographs. <laughs> yeah. That's yes, funny. which is why he will be outside of the entrance because I refuse <laughs> to let him in for that. <laughs> Uh, but the they can touch my beard too. Though, the, so. yeah, there you go. That costs ten. Yeah, extra value. Beard and just wait until we get to twenty. <laughs> I'll make cocktails for them. Yeah. You'll um, make what? Cocktails, drinks. Oh, I, drinks. I thought I heard just the first part of that. <laughs> so, so MidwestGamingClassic.com is obviously where everybody can find all the information. You've got a few hotels that give uh, away, uh, or not give away, but have special group rates. Um, yeah, so, they're sold out. Oh, never mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can still try them, but the group rates are done at that rate. There's, I believe that the only one that still has space at a, at a cheaper rate at all is the Hyatt. Um, the Hilton, I believe that the only rooms that are left start at more than $200 now. Well, uh, because we're ballers, we we went outside the group rate and got <laughs> got, the, got the mega suite, you know, because we were high rollers. 
Um, you're a, nice. You're a high roller. I just, I just follow your coattails. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be Dave, me, and like two other guys in a room being like, oh, yeah. Aren't you glad we saw the big yep. bucks? Um, yep. I hope that you all enjoy the hot tub together. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Um, but anyway. So, I don't know if they have hot tubs, but I'm hoping so. I don't think we got a hot tub. We, we got a big king size bed you could turn any tub into a hot tub we got a bar (laughs) (laughs) that's right i'm gonna i'm gonna bring my sous vide and plop it in there a little aerator that's right um so so speaking of admission what is the what are what are the bundles like can you give us a rough idea of what if somebody wants to come for the weekend what are they what do they expect to pay for this like kind of all access badge sure So Friday night is our preview night. Friday night, we just basically open up the game room and a couple other halls, and that's it. But we also limit Friday night to about 5% of what our attendance will be like on Saturday just by itself. And so um, the the line that I use that my wife hates for Friday is play without delay because you can get there, you go in on Friday. And with how few people there are, if every single person who buys a ticket for Friday goes to play just the brand-new pinball machines that will be opened that day um every single person that buys a ticket will be able to play four player games of pinball with each other and no other games will be touched um and so there shouldn't be long lines for much of anything on the show floor and that idea was simply because when like when you guys were there last the show was drawing probably about 15 to two to three thousand people and back then it was a lot easier where you could go into a room and like hey there's not many people here let's just hang out for a while and people asked us to bring that experience back. And so preview night is all about having that experience where you get to play things without having as many people around. Saturday is when we open up everything. Saturday by itself is a $45 ticket, but that includes vendor hall, all of the industry professionals, everything else. Sunday family day is a $25 ticket Um, for both Saturday and Sunday. If you want to do the pair, it's $55. And if you are nine or under, you get in free on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and we have one last package, and that's uh, VIG. And so VIG is a very important gamer, and we call it the Do All the Things badge. And so VIG gets you Friday night, gets you Saturday, gets you Sunday. We also have a Saturday night after party that's going to be just insane. Um, we have Johnny Gioli, who's the singer from Crush 40 that sang all the Sonic the Hedgehog songs, who's going to be singing at the after party. We have a that's Vegas awesome. DJ that's going to be DJing at the after party. Eric Bischoff is going to be providing live commentary to people who are playing WCW NW, uh, Oh Revenge on the N64 oh at the after party. Um, Tim Lapatino, who's the voice, uh, not Tim Lapatino, um, Tim Kitzrow, who's the voice for NBA Jam, the Boom Shakalaka oh, guy, man. is going to, yeah, he's going to be there. And so we got Papa Shot to give us some um, arcade games where you actually play basketball, and he's going to live call as people shoot hoops at the uh, oh basketball and whoever gets the highest score at the end of the hour is going to win a Papa shot game. From um, I had an NBA jam. Yeah, exactly. For many years. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. It's so a great game. Yeah. It is. Um, Howard Phillips, the original Nintendo game master oh, is nice. going to be playing Nintendo games with each other at that. The, uh, the one and only Nintendo PlayStation console will be playable at the after party. Um, Brian Colin, who made Rampage, is going to be creating... He also made a whole bunch of other games. Rampage is the one that's the most well-known since, you know, The Rock made a movie about it or whatever. Um, 
but he also had a Genesis game called General Chaos that was. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I love General Chaos. Yeah. yeah my brother so he's that. making a General Chaos shooting range, and you're going to get to shoot Nerf guns at the General right. Chaos figures. Um, and you'll get to win little General Chaos figures based on how you shoot. Um, so you get that party included in your ticket, and then you also get swag with it. So you get a very special shirt that um, Brian actually also designed. It's the Rampage characters attacking Milwaukee while VIG people run away from them. Um, you also get a – we're doing a Nintendo uh, – we call it the Nintendo Game uh, Badge. And people get very confused because they're like, is it a game or is it a name badge? And I say it's both, and they go, I don't get it. It is a badge that you will wear around your neck that is a Nintendo cartridge that if you plug into a console is a working game. Nice. And so, so everybody guy, that – One of the guys who uh, who uh, listens to the podcast, his name's Lag, uh, he, he got that. Yep. Yeah, he, 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 nice. he signed up for that. Nice. He's going to be a baller. Um <laughs> The Oh, and at the after party, too, I almost forgot this. I, I haven't mentioned this. We have three or four, I'm still working on confirming the last one, Mortal Kombat um, actors. So the guys that were actually digitally captured for Mortal Kombat will be uh, hanging out at the show and then hanging out at the after party. Um, so you can run into them and chat with them, too. It's it's going to be crazy. And so that package is 175 bucks, but we really tried filling it with so many different things that we think that people are really going to like. And um, that and Friday night are both nearing sellout. So if you're hearing this now and you're thinking about it, um, <laughs> a month ago, VIG was going to sell it in 10 days based on how we've been selling. And then we got real slow for a while and we picked back up. Um, I expect at this point that it will sell out before the show, probably a week before the show. Um, but it's hard to say because, you know, it depends on what people decide on. Um, Friday night is looking like it's very similar in the way of timing. Right on. That's cool. Saturday and Sunday, by the way, do not sell out. Um, but if you pre-order your tickets, the bonus for that for you is that if you pre-order your tickets, we let you into a hall each day 30 minutes early. So if you pre-order Saturday, you get to go into the vendor hall starting at 930. If you pre-order early on Sunday, you get to go into the game room 30 minutes early. And the benefit for us is that, like, I literally max the credit card and then uh, – pay off the credit card with tickets and then max the credit card and do that cycle like 20 times this month. And so the more that we can have people do that, it just helps us, you know, put together the show and stuff like that. The, the ticket prices don't change though on Saturday and Sunday. So if you're not sure that you can make it or whatever, and you're like, Oh, Hey, I can, um, you can show up. It's just that if you show up at nine 30, we don't sell tickets until 10. Gotcha. All right, man. Well, I think as far as, uh, as far as information for the folks at home goes, uh, we're pretty well set. Um, I understand we need to have a little uh, super secret off the air uh, conversation, so uh, maybe we should yeah. do that. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we do that, though, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's good to have you on yeah, thank you. Uh, on the podcast again after all these years, and I'm so excited to come back. So, uh, Well, first, thank you for having me. Um, you are, you have no idea how excited I am to be on the podcast. I, I kind of have thought that there's a couple other times that I might've been able to be on the podcast. So like I sent you an email a few years ago when I was coming to Minnesota. And then, uh, as I, that was like a month before I came to Minnesota. And then as I drove out of Minnesota to South Dakota with the family, the following day, I listened to the podcast that had just come out and you read my email and I was like, Oh sweet. They read that like, you know, two months later, but Oh, well, um, <laughs> So 
you know, I, I'm definitely glad to be back. The other thing, and, and this is completely serious here, is that this entire show would not exist without people like you guys who both promote it and help it. And um, I, I kind of have brought up the whole thing that you guys were our first sponsor, and it's true. And um, you you guys were a ma- – well, you guys were our first major sponsor is what I should say. We had some other people that had come in and done little stuff with us, but nothing – um, like what you guys did. And right now, I mean, honestly, I think that what you did now is it's incredible because it was something where you guys took a risk on us. We took a, we, we took a risk on, I don't know what the hell this is, but let's do it. <laughs> and it was one of those things that without that type of uh, relationship, I guess that this show would literally not exist. The, the amount of money that the show made that the year that you guys sponsored was less than the sponsorship that you paid. And so had it you not sponsored, the show would not be here right now. And so I just want to say once again, thank you for that. And uh, we would love to have you guys back anytime. Right on, man. All right. Well, let's and even Mo. And even Mo. We'll, we'll get we'll get Mo next year yeah. as long as it doesn't land on some super special date. So uh, I think that Easter lands around super special dates this year yeah. um, or next year. And if it does, we have to move anyway. So it might work out. All right. All right, man. Let's have our uh, let's have our secret uh, our secret communique here. All right, so I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna stop recording so you suckers at home can't listen. <laughs> Nighty <Ooh>. night. <laughs> Could there be a nicer guy, huh? I don't think so. Dan Lucen's kind of the greatest. I miss that guy. Hopefully I get to see him for more than just a casual quick drive-by as uh, as he's off onto other things. But anyway, uh, Dave's gone. Uh, he had to go home and put a kid to bed, so it's just me. Just me closing out the show. This is the first show we've ever done that we've called Super the Hardest and not had Mo on it. So that's something. Here's a little trivia question for our 200th episode, I guess. So anyway, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, I hope to see you at Midwest Gaming Classic. It, you know, I, Again, I haven't been there in nine years, um, but it was an awesome event then, and I can only imagine how much, uh, as Dan might say, awesomer, uh, it might be now, so I'm really excited to go there and see see folks like, you know, Pickle Friction and Gruel and and uh, and Lag and whomever else decides to show up. Maybe DJ Incompetent, you know. Um, it's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, I can do some streaming from the show. Uh, you know, we'll do some Twitch streaming live. Um, we'll do some streaming of the after party for sure. And hopefully we don't get too sloppy and, you know, document things that'll get us arrested. So anyway, uh, that's it for the show. So 612-424-3835. Please call us, leave us a drunk dial. Um, we'll hopefully be doing another episode before Midwest Gaming Classic. So hopefully next week, Mo was pretty busy this week, so he wasn't able to make it. Um, Mo is like gutting a house, like he literally ripped the top off a house this week. It's kind of fucked up. 
Um, so he's kind of busy with that. So he's got a good excuse. We'll let him slide. Um, send us an email, mailbag at mojomenace.com. Uh, you know, we're on Twitter. I don't use it a whole lot these days, but uh, at super the hardest. Uh, we're always checking it. I always check it at least a couple times a day. I just don't tweet much because it's a fucking cancer. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, go to our forums, mojomenace.com slash forums. Uh, and uh, and you can there you can find the link to our Discord chat room where a bunch of really good folks are chatting every day. And holy cow, we got a girl. Can you believe it? <laughs> Uh, diversity um, anyway uh, so go there and check it out so until next time thanks for joining us hope to see you at MGC MidwestGamingClassic.com